it's it's it doesn't say that it's not it's not professional in any way shape or form this this podcast so I think I think any viewers know to expect that by now. Um, but yeah, listen, it's really, really great. Okay, we have, we had a bit of a hiccup there with Julie because she had, unfortunately, a life and death situation there. It was extremely serious. That um, she just actually told me what the problem was. She she needed to get some a pack of six eggs out of Mark and Spencer's. Um, so I think everyone can forgive her for coming on a bit late. <laughs> Those six eggs. Yeah, I'm packing a spaghetti bolognese. Look at me, I'm losing I weight. Down that shop. You're back on the road. You're back on the road tomorrow. Uh, well, yeah, Monday actually. Monday right, okay. is my daughter's coming back here where I am now. Uh, tomorrow, um, or no, Saturday, and we're going to stay with her for a little while longer so that she can have a rest because she's been away. Um, and then she's going to drop us off back into Ilfracoom Monday night, and we will set off then from there. Okay, okay. All okay, the way well, back. Let's, let me give you a bit of an introduction because nobody has a clue who you are except for what I've wrote. So, um, this is Julie Holt. Is that correct? Julie and uh, Brad have mentioned they're they're my favorite pagans. They um they are the the creators um of the modern pagan website. Um Julie, I met such a lovely lovely couple, and where where is my thing which I specifically got for this interview? My cup of tea. Lovely. Cup of tea. I thought you'd be ready with your own cup of tea, and you didn't. Um. Anyway, yes, Julie. Julie, I meant of the the, the wisdom of yeah. I've talked about this before anyway, but for anyone who doesn't notice, uh, doesn't know, I instead of kind of doing my own kind of talking through my own podcast because all of my time now on, on YouTube and my own podcast are taking up guests. Um, the wisdom up is 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 an app in which you can go on and sort of do your own podcast, but it's it's a live thing. It's a live talk. It can be about anything at all. Um, it's a really collaborative uh, uh, app with great community in it, and it was in that app where I was really lucky and fortunate to come across Judy and just really connected with her, and it's just been this blossoming friendship and this kind of love affair between the two of us. Um, even though Judy is, is happily married and so am I, but it's this this connection of souls. Um, and I've just found out more about Julie. Actually, Julie and her husband Brad, when I just met them, were undertaking this journey across England to follow the Beltane Ley Line. Um, they had planned this to be a journey for about five months, um, starting on the Ancient Pagan Festival of Beltane, which is takes place the thirty first of May, the first of May, uh, or first of June, or first thirty thirtieth of June, first May. Oh. Um, and this journey was actually going to be taken on bicycle only um, with no advanced awareness for anyone. So basically, if they met anyone along the journey who they connected with, um, or potentially who may have even been following them on their social media, given shelter and, and food for the night. But if they weren't, then it was going to be potentially a night under the stars. 
And this was all simply to raise awareness around mental health and funds for their charity mind. Um, at the minute, currently, I was just talking live there, Julie and Brad had to suspend their five-month journey due to the transition of Brad's mum. Um, while a seemingly tragic event, um, it always has a silver lining and it allowed me then to, to nab Julie for, for an interview to talk to them about who they are, what has inspired them to do this here, this crazy idea which I guess most of us would think about, and just basically the pagan beliefs that they have incorporated into their modern life and um, the, the the lovely way of living that they that they currently do on their their houseboat away from kind of modern society off that kind of grid. So, Julie, I hope that's enough of a an, an introduction to give to you. So as for that, yes. I'm so so excited, so so pleased to just be able to connect with you this way on a format that's not in wisdom and just to be able to share your story and raise a bit more awareness for you. That's you, lovely. Um, on, on, on my kind of medium. Hello, I'm moving the so, back. So, Julie, you're okay. I don't expect this of you anyway. You're, you're, you're not this kind of a bit like me, this kind of, oh, I have to take it. Um, you and Brad, you know, if you, if you don't mind, give us a wee bit about your life, your background. How did you meet Brad? You know, were the two of you, Pagans, did you meet up at some Morris dance, shaking your bales, <laughs> or, or or was it this is something that you incorporated later into your life? How on earth did you end up on a houseboat? You know, tell us who Julie and Brad are. Um, me and Brad met across a crowded supermarket. We both worked in a super, a large supermarket, and. Um, I was at um, a crossroads in my life at that point, and Brad was uh, a very peaceful uh, guy. That when I looked at him, he shone peace, which is what I needed in my life. My life was very dramatic and um, traumatic to a degree. I was always having to think about what was going on around me. I lived with a, a partner at the time who was quite hard work. He had his own mental health issues, depression. Um, he had um, no belief in himself. He was forever having to prove himself. And um, so I was at the end of that, a very traumatic end where um, when I was going to leave, I had to leave everything, including my teenage children behind. I was allowed to take nothing. So I was at that point living in a, in a house with a lady, paying her rent and working. And just get, come into terms with that when, you know, I saw Brad. And I took my time with him because... Um, because he shone this lovely peace, I knew what I was going to bring into his life. <laughs> so I kind of made sure that he was okay with this. <laughs> there was going to be this whirlwind enter his life. And uh, I was always active and couldn't settle. And 
always wanting to do things, go places, see stuff. And I was really on like a, a height, you know, like on a, a stressed kind of, if you were to play a tune on me, I'd be a high note. I'd be ding. And Brad would be more like a thong. You know? <laughs> He would be the the bass to your I don't know electric guitar something like that. Yes, yes, yeah. He would mellow me nicely. So anyway, I was going to come in. He actually, from his side of the story, looked across the shop at me, and I had a blue streak in my hair here, and I was all smiling and oh yeah, like this, shining as you do. And I, I used my feminine guile to best my ability. <laughs> little and bending low at the shelves and just, you know, making sure I was around him, you know, he noticed who I was. And then I came across the habit of hugging people. Suddenly, I wanted to hug the whole world. Everyone in the shop, hi, oh, it's great to see you hug them. Hug this person, hug that person, hug Brad. <laughs> oh, I have to hug that lovely man. Oh. So I, this is how I incorporated my personalities. I, you know, it's nothing in particular. I'm not picking on you, Brad. But I am. I am. <laughs> anyway, we we uh, found our way together and uh, danced the beautiful dance of love. We beautiful. were like butterflies flitting, you know. And, leaving little notes in, in, the, in the price tags for each other and meeting each other, you know, sending each other a picture. I'm in the pub now, there's my beer. There's no other <laughs> widow woman ever than showing me a pint of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And eventually, it was a very gentle sort of get-together because Brad lived with his mom. He'd just been bereaved by his dad, both right. his mom and his dad were uh, Wiccan pagans. Me, my beliefs are uh, nature bound. So I'm uh, the goddess and uh, the moon goddess and, uh, you know, all the other the goddesses and gods of paganism were new to me. Right, and okay. also they don't really sit with me even now. I'm just appreciative of what is. Okay. So that's my paganism. It's nature based. Mm-hmm. And I thank the ether, really, the yeah. weird, the way of the web, that kind of yeah. thing, where yeah. I'm at. So we connected quite well together. Brad took his time introducing me into his domain where he lived. He took his time so much introducing me to his mum that one day, just to make the excuse that he had post come out of the front door and see me for the first time. We've got post, Brad. Oh, hello. We've been waiting ages to do that. And we got on instantly. Instant, absolute lovely lady. And so this went on. I mean, I drop him off at 4 a.m. in the morning, and the poor guy would have to get up and go to work at 7. You know, he'd be up at 6, getting himself ready for work. But it, he seemed to cope quite well with it. <laughs> and eventually, then um, I found a, a little small cottage that I wanted to rent. And I rented that with Brad's help for a little while. And we decided then, you know, even that was in the cock for us. And we're not cock fitters. We're, we're the wrong shape. So, mm. <laughs> and we said, well, what can we do? If we don't want to 
slog our little heads off in these shops uh, working away. What do we want to do that means that we're not paying someone else's mortgage? This is what I do want to do. And we both, Brad said, well, you know, well, we could get a teepee. And I think, mm. Or we could get a camper van. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. But I still need to be paying for things there. And I've got the winter where I need to store it. And, you know, it was, we need something more permanent than that. So then I said, how about us go looking around for a boat? A livable thing, not big, something mm. our budget can cope with. And uh, so uh, we did that. That's how we ended up. We got a loan for that, by the way. We didn't have the money there for it. Mm -hmm. So we put into the bank for a home improvement because, yeah, it was home improvement. It was no home, home. <laughs> so we didn't lie, but they won't give you a loan for a boat because so many people beforehand have got the loan and then disappeared, changed the name of their boat, and that's it. So that's right. why okay, so they're, they're not traceable then. No, not if you, yeah, not, no, you can completely change everything about that, even the purchase. So, right. yeah, there you go. So, if you do, you've got my that, eyes you, up there for a yeah, second. Yeah, it's a bit of information, it's always good to have mm. that you, mm. uh, yeah, you make sure that you're not asking for a boat loan because they won't give it you. Right, okay. <laughs> Just a disclaimer here, we're, we're not discussing anything illegal. Julie no. is simply providing some information. Yes. So, yeah, brilliant. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really fascinating because obviously um, when we were due to do this interview before, you know, that was a, one of the first things I said. It looks like you're living on a, it looks like that's a houseboat. And you said, yeah. And I was like, wow, is that, is that your home? And I was, I was utterly impressed because um, as I'd said, we we've taken you know houseboats or barges and cruisers out before and travelled up and down, you know locks, and I've so enjoyed that experience. And although yes, I do have a camper van, I would love to have a boat because for me, there's just something about being on the water. There's just something yes. about you know I don't know. For me, I guess I don't think I would want to be landlocked, but I would rather be able to take it away because for me, it means the end. Nobody can come visit me. Yeah, sorry. Well, the, the thing is, is it's, you can go with the flow, which is where you want to be. That's the whole thing about it. It's when you start seeing that flow going past you and underneath where you live and the fluidity of it all and the serenity of it all, it seeps into your very being. And then you start looking at things a little differently, which is where all of this has been conjured from. Uh, Brad has uh, pure OCD. I, in my time, have had depression, postnatal depression, anxiety, and the feeling that I'm never going to be good enough. I'm, I, you know, I can't compete in the race of life. Right? That's that's me to the core. So I thought to myself, well, I don't want to be part of that race. There's no need for that. We functioned before without that. And there's more to us than that fighting for the physical, fighting for the, for the, uh, the accolades. 
the stuff around us so that people can yeah. judge us on particular levels. The judging of it all, I want nothing to do with that. And I wanted to be able to have a purpose. So I was talking to Brad and, and just one day, you know, we'd been going to and from work. We'd, you know, I changed my job to something that I felt was more comfortable, where I could give more of myself as a, uh, a being to someone. And I, I started working then in, in the hospital and in the community before that, helping people recover from illness or to assist where your body doesn't want to do what you tell it to anymore or your mind doesn't work the way that you it used to you know so bits and pieces start dropping off here to get older you know and i wanted to be a vessel to allow people to gain back some of that empowerment so we changed jobs brad left his in the end because it really wasn't um compatible with how he thinks about the world yeah and i remember him getting in the car one day i was picking him up moving him about we, we, we spent a lot of time looking after brad's mum as well for the same reason keeping her company and generally being there for her as a tribe as a community and um brad said to me one day he said sometimes he says i just wish someone would just drop me off in the middle of nowhere and i'll just find my way home and that is where the idea came from because because he'd expressed that as a release for his mental health there i thought there was something in that that freedom of being able to just find your way home by nook by crook you know and that freedom of doing it in your own time and using other skills that you may have to feed yourself, to uh, share a story with people, to barter in a way, to barter your story and share your stories with someone else to, to, feed, to, to feed their soul, which in the end may well feed your body because you'll sit down with people and eat, which has worked well so far. So, that was the instigation of the idea of the modern pilgrims and the part of supporting mind was being able to talk about how we feel in the world and what it is that gives us that anxiety or makes us feel that we are placed in a, in a situation that we haven't got the control of the structure of. So we have to work within constraints and sometimes when that's we're struggling with that we feel that we are less than less valuable even to ourselves so we can talk about that just simply by being there traveling that distance sharing what we see sharing what we feel with anyone i mean i've had a conversation today with a gentleman and i've not you know we're not on these bikes yet but we're sort of recuperating and getting back into the framework and mind of giving a lot and sharing a lot of love i was talking to a gentleman today as i walked past the school by the beach in uh, down derry where i completely forgot what i was doing 
<laughs> so I was looking at C. Um, it's the last day of school today for a lot of children here. And out in the uh, school field, they had a big bouncy castle. And they had like a little shoot thing that you could run through. And all you could hear was kids' joy, fun, memories being made right there. And I looked at that and I thought, in years to come, those children will be. Yeah. That was my. Sorry, I'm just talking to Brad because he's trying to make my tea. Bless him. He's being shy. All right, I thought, thought you heard my phone. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I walked past and I could feel the energy and, and uh, enjoy the fact that those children would be grown up one day and they'd look back on this very day. There we are. Let me test it. It's going in the uh, spag bowl. Oh, lovely. <laughs> there's Very me nice. with my tea too or, or is it tea <laughs> ah yeah Brad is really good at that he often uses a mug for a cider so yeah oh. but, uh, he says it doesn't look so uncouth or something I'm like no one's judging me no one's judging you do what you want to do yeah so yeah, I walked past and then as we were walking back after I spent hours on this beach looking for the little crabs that I could see one around and the gentle sway of the seaweed and the drop in the, the tide and the revealing of all the limpets on the rocks. It's all so lovely and I really enjoyed that. And then I walked back up and I saw the man putting away the uh, Banksy Castle, packed it all up, all the kids have had their day and I said, that is such a great thing to do. And he said, what's that? I said, to make those memories possible. All those kids, they won't know who you are, but they'll know that they had a fantastic day, their last day of school, on that bouncy castle in Downderry. Can you remember when you jumped off the balloon? Yes. It's just wonderful. You are, I said to this guy, you're a joy maker. And he was like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was good. Yeah. And now I'm having terrible trouble with my internet connection here. It's a lot of the times things stick. So I had to change to my phone connection, actually. Oh, my God, what are you on now? Look at how big that cup is. Oh, is that an actual cup of tea? It is an actual cup of tea. <laughs> I thought Cheers. you were on some, some Irish cream or liqueur there. I was, oh, oh God, really going. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I would just for the joy of it. I'd have to have a couple of ice cubes in today, but yeah, I would do that. I can even think of it that way. <laughs> but just what you were saying there, it is, it's all these small, tiny, little unseen things that it's almost like this wave that goes throughout the earth, that goes throughout society, where all these tiny little uh, acts of joy and acts of kindness. You know, interact with each other and it forms this beautiful kind of network. You know, yeah, that's, that, that's the weird that I talk about often. Yeah. That, yeah, that like, is almost like the spider's web. So you think about it, if if the energies are like a weave, a path that we walk, when there's joy, they vibrate and spread along and they can be felt for a long time. 
Yeah, and the more there are of those moments, the more they spread, the more they can be felt, the more they can be magnified. Yeah, absolutely. And you were saying there about children, isn't it? I guess that because it reminds us of our own childhood, our own natural state of being when we were so innocent that life was carefree then. And we all are trying to get back to there. We are all, um, maybe if we don't realise it, but it reminds us of how happy we once were and we grew up into this life and we're taught you know things by our parents and our society and all of the kind of innocence and fun is is kind of um cut out of us in a way isn't it and it, to live that kind of life again to be carefree with no worries or stress this modern society that we've got into and how have we got away from that? How have we got away from that kind of idealistic society? You know, what, what can we do to be this carefree and happy where we're so much unhappiness in our lives with our jobs and our situation and our neighborhoods and stuff like that? And I think that's what really a lot of us really want. You know, it's not the idea of being of being a child again, but it's that childlike quality within us that we really miss in our modern lives. I think the thing about the childlike quality that I am in search of and trying to magnify in myself is the simplicity of life. I want that simplicity again. I want that connection with people. At the very, very root of them, we are all equal we all have this life essence in us and when we uh, look at that deeply that's where the connection is and when that connection comes it feels fantastic there's no buying it there's no um you've got more than i it's an equilibrium because it is just that lovely life essence inside you experiencing what you do and me experiencing what i do and then us coming together with that mm -hmm. connection to share that that yeah. is you know something very special that i would invite anyone to try and exercise that as much as possible the connection with you your neighbor your your county your your land your that belonging that tribalness it is everyone has their uh their their job their niche in that and so there should be no um fighting or anyone in charge or any of that everyone has their niche their beauty inside them it's totally unique to them and if they bring that to the table how wonderful life will be yeah it's all about i think slowing down isn't it you know i've heard this from other people myself mm. you need to slow down and i think once you begin to really slow down as much as you can you begin to notice all the small stuff in life don't you begin to notice. hi hello brilliant i don't know what had happened i was just contacting the thing <clears throat> Yeah, I have no idea what the hell happened there. It's, it's very odd. I've never had that happen before. 
anyway well i've now i've now turned my internet off and i'm going through my phone so we'll see if that's better right okay i don't know well well even if that had been the case i shouldn't have been kicked from the screen so it's very very strange um regardless anyway it's not a big deal these things happen when you're you're doing a live broadcast <laughs> i'll clean it up once the once the final interview goes live but yeah, I can't <laughs> remember what we were talking about there. We were talking about well, this. We were talking about taking slowing down, isn't it? Well, taking yeah. things, and this is this is why. This is what I was just about to say. This is why when I'm out walking, when I'm not talking, I'm walking, when I'm not doing these wisdom talks, is that I I I just like to slow down. I see so many cyclists go by, and that's fantastic. People are out doing that, and so many people out jogging. And I used to be that too. I used to be someone who worked out three times a week and hello hi um, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I was just saying that I used to be someone who was caught up in that idea of I need to I need to work out three times a week I need to lift weights and stuff like that I need to get out jogging I need to get you know if I didn't get that idea but you know eventually when I when I had this kind of awakening and began to incorporate that into my life and just kind of understand what that was and meant then I just began to slow down and began to walk and it's through that there that you begin to take in all these tiny little things that you never would have noticed before you begin to take in that the individual birds and even the kind of insects and the, the the sound of the wind and the trees and for me it's a very healing process it's a very healing process and even if you're not in nature even if like we were talking about you're just sitting somewhere in public on a public bench or something like that there and you just begin to see all of these tiny little things that you've never noticed before and begin to reflect on life you know and, and what it means and you see how many people are caught up in that rat race and this idea of rush 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 i need to get somewhere and they're just completely missing out on the simplicity of life mm, i'd say that that is the choice of having a bicycle and not even an electric bike it was for that it was a slow process and people could connect with us by looking at the load on the back there's loads of stuff my boots were hanging over there there was um my solar panel on on the top and people because we were going a slower speed could connect oh they'd say what's that for that's great i've never seen that before and then from that point becomes the conversation and the connection and the, oh, that's really good you know how did you come across and just like i'm talking to you now i have these mini interviews with people that want to know what's going on why did you choose that way and why is why have you got oh that's why that's amazing and it is magnifying into the smaller smaller things so we're going slow we're looking at the insects we're looking at the plants but along with that, we're seeing how they integrate together, how they work together, mm -hmm. how it's all part of the weave. And that's the magic right there. Yeah. That good golly. And you look at it and you go, it's perfect. But it might not be. But to us, looking at it, the first instant, just, you know, a hedgerow. Yeah, I was just talking about how great the internet is in Cornwall. <laughs> You have to have that on today. It, it is better than the one up in your houseboat, to put it like that. Yeah, we don't have to go anywhere there. We're going down the A390 today. 
and then it says travel for five miles till you get to the roundabout turn right follow the then two minutes later it says reroute rerouting <laughs> then it says turn left at the so-and-so and then it says follow the aid and it goes back to where it was in the first place you have to kind of guess which one it is it thinks is right but it's in and out like a yo-yo here yeah um it wavers so you'll end up with one bar and then you end up with three but as i was saying before so we go back to looking at hedgerow you see all the spiders webs and then you notice that they're all in one area then you look along and you see the leaf in and 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 then you look at the grass and the hedgerow behind and then you look at the, you know the scene behind there everything fits perfectly where it is <clears throat> you know it's in that place for a reason and it's all there for you to view for free and enjoy and get involved yeah. with. You're, you're absolutely right. And I've talked about this on my wisdom talks and talked about it just about everywhere else. I think everyone's sick to death of me talking about nature. Or Stella's talking about nature again. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk about this ecology, this ecosystem of nature and how everything, just as you're saying, is uh, delicately balanced for one another you know how everything provides for one another and you begin to realize that it is you who's out of sync it is we yeah. in our modern world and this is why i feel and for me it's like this drawing of a poison out of me it's this detoxing when i get into nature um that is it's so healing i guess and back you, you have this feeling, you don't know what it is, it's like anticipation, it's like, I'll find out later what that was, and I feel like the, 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 the room was energised and it was impossible for me to sleep, that was the feeling I got last night, and I watched the sunrise this morning, so if I forget what the FEAR acronym is, please forgive. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and find it out before, or else you can find it out before this interview goes live. Yeah. I mean, yes. not live, basically, because they're already live, but you know what I mean, when I actually release it then. But well, you know what, you're, you're right there about that that idea of people loving that thing. It's, it's the idea of people have a car crash, don't they? They slow down to see the drama, the gossip, the thing, and it's no good for us. We're addicted mm. to this um, thing, and I think it's a probably a lot of the fault of the media because it pushes all these negative stories and we become so accustomed to that that we love or love the car crash we love the that's why people are addicted to soap operas they love the car crash tv isn't it you yeah know, they love the scandal the gossip but it's not not healthy for us as a society it really it's, uh, yeah it's almost like a buzz so you get a buzz of that energy that is fear and that is a fact you could get that buzz the same for excitement they're very closely connected very closely connected so if you can um, decipher each time between fear and excitement excitement is is a joyful thing that's the thing I get when I look at something and then I look again and then I look deeper. I get that excitement of how fantastic that thing is. The ant 
for instance, or when you go somewhere and you look at a scene and then you think a thousand years ago, someone may have stood in this spot, just like me, looking out the same as I am. What were they doing there at that time? What were they feeling there at that mm-hmm. time? That fascinates me and makes me excited. Once you get that feeling, I think that you get when you're sitting there and you're admiring a scene, a beautiful, if you're just sitting down slowing and then that feeling washes over you and you just know that all is well with the world, mm. all is well. I'm just content. I'm in this state of bliss. I mean, it's just this real state of happiness and I could just sit here all day. And that's the difference between that feeling of happiness and fear you know you it's it, that fear is an addiction it's a harmful addiction it's like a short-term buzz whereas that other feeling is just this warm feeling of contentment that makes you want to radiate and look around at someone and go are you feeling that too that all is well with the world isn't it mm-hmm. it's like having a good meal it's like having a good meal compared to a McDonald's, all right? That's okay. <laughs> I love it. Hey, if you like McDonald's, that's great. It'll fill you up for a moment. But I guarantee you, two hours later, you'll be starving hungry. And, and that's why that's why I haven't had McDonald's in about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the, the taste is never what you imagine it and conjure it up to be. It's yeah. never... Quite Even the pictures never like it because you're going expecting something that size and it's something that size. Yes, yes, exactly. So that I, I liken that to um, where you get your joy. So it's almost nurture for the soul. You know, it's, it's a nutrient, I would say, for the soul. So you can work your ass off gaining all of this material stuff and being accoladed or or placed higher on a, on some kind of scale measuring stick somewhere or you can feast your eyes on what is actually there i.e the grass that's growing how does it do that it's been there for all that time you can nurture and play with it it you know you've got the plants and the trees and the life in us all connected not made by anyone I don't know anyone who's created life essence yet. How marvelous is that? That for me. I, I, I was, yeah, sorry. I was reading this. Um, I was reading this great channel work because I've been talking about that recently, and some of the stuff that I read is just so utterly inspiring. And I took this quote and turned it into one of my Pinterest pins because I just found it so inspiring. And they were, without getting into anything sort of controversial, but they were talking about this really ancient civilization that existed before um, before what we're told was the birth of humanity. Yeah. Um, a really advanced ancient civilization. And they were so technologically advanced, so spiritually advanced, but for whatever happened, they caused their own destruction. Which and happens so, time and time again. Yep, okay. Well, let's just call it because it was a part Atlantis. So they were talking about Atlantis. And yes. they're talking about this war between them, how some of them remain positive and some of them remain negative, but a small percentage of them did not want to um, choose either way. And I just found this so inspiring. It's only a small quote. And what they done was they transferred, now this is going to sound a bit thing, 
but they transferred their consciousness out of their bodies and into these dolphins and whales. And they were kind of saying, like, why would they do that? And the quote that I proved, which was the response, which was, imagine what it would be like to have a long life in which there were no jobs necessary in order to pay bills, where there were no resources to guard or territory to defend. How would your life be different if you were free to choose what dreams and visions with which you wish to occupy yourself? Mm. What meditations in which you wish to encompass yourself? What contemplation you wish to enjoy? Not only for an hour or a few minutes, but for all your waking hours for an entire life. Yeah. If your joy was the dance of harmony with the elements, the dance of fellowship with those of your kind, and the dance of the mated family with the mated parents' children, how would you be different than you are today? And I just found that so inspiring to live that kind of life, to have that freedom. Mm. I agree. And also to be able to do my utmost as a, as a human being, as, a, as an individual, to be the vessel of that message for people that I meet, for people that I know, my family, my grandchildren. There isn't just what you see in front of you. There is an expanse of many experiences that you can have. There isn't, you don't have to put your foot on that cog. Every person has this essence in them. They all have their purpose. Each one of us together and separately have purpose. And it's not always found in the ways that we are being uh, led to believe that they are. I am much better on a bicycle with my very sore baboon bottom, chatting to strangers and thinking to myself, you know, who, who will I talk to today? Where will I be tomorrow? Where will I sleep? What will I eat? And all of these things are just fleeting, fleeting little tiny thoughts rather than the huge massive thoughts of I've got to make sure that I pay the gas bill mm -hmm. and you know I've got a, a little gas burn and that's as much as I'm gonna to have to think about <laughs> <laughs> but to show that 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 is you know we are being told that we all have to live in these square boxes and pay these people all this money to to just do the bare minimum and that's eat and and sleep and and be able to keep ourselves warm. Once you take those three uh, uh, things out of your budget, what are you left with? You're left with the fact that you need to work to keep those three things going. That to me isn't an experience of the life that I would like to live. Yeah, that's that's existing. That's not living. Yeah, simply existing, aren't you? Existing, and with those thoughts. You know, the worry of having to provide that and the airy fairiness of what I'm saying. It's not so airy fairy because I am doing it. And yeah. by doing it, I am showing that it is possible. And by showing that it's possible, I am my, doing my utmost to free people from that, that square that is being presented to them. 
in a, in a way, Julie, you could say it's a modern day form of slavery. It's just that we have become so accustomed to it that we do not think it's slavery. But I've talked about this before. Basically, what you're doing is you're giving your physical labor, you're wearing out your physical body, and you tend to your mental yeah. mental body, your mental mind for someone else to make them a lot of money. And it's this system that we've become accustomed to. And once again, referring back to one of these great channel works that I that I very very fond of they talk about how uh, it all kind of went south for us um, around about the time of the Egyptian era when we introduced the concept of money over the concept of bartership yes so as far back as that that's yes. where we to get school south for us you know I'd agree. massively yeah because then someone has to take their cut you know, and when someone takes their cut, you're not dealing with it immediately what you need. So I would barter my chicken. Dick does lay eggs, mind you. It's still a little <laughs> Your goat. But your goat, your goat produces milk as well. So we are, you know, your goat's bigger than my chicken. So maybe I'll give you two chickens for your goat. And then we're in, we are doing this thing. That where we are talking to each other, we're checking each other out. You know, we're we're connecting. How much do you want, my goat? How much do you want eggs in the morning? And it's lovely, isn't it? Isn't it a lovely feel? And I feel that that is a beautiful way to get by. I would bring that back in an instant. That's yes. what our ancestors used. That's another reason why we're on this pilgrimage to bring back why people would travel across land. They bring news, they bring messages, they bring trade, they would barter, they bring stories, you know, they would bring all of that essence with them across the country. That's what they'd barter with. Feed me, I will tell you all about Maud up the road here. It's got three goats. <laughs> Only needs two. You've got two chickens, mate. You're in there. I want that life back. I know. I guess that's what you're doing, isn't it? You're going out and you're bartering for your food. You're bartering for shelter by sharing your experiences with people who, I'm assuming, and you'll probably confirm this, you rock up in a town or rock up somewhere and you, I don't know, take two minutes out to get some water and somebody's happened to notice your your get up you know god look at them and they're on two pedal bikes and they've got all of this equipment on the back of it you know Where they <laughs> let's Where not let's it? let's not run away from them and <laughs> lock the door and pull the curtains let's go over and actually ask them a question and once you do that then they become engaged and you're able to share that your story and i mean imagine they would say but where do you sleep and stuff like that and you're saying well we just kind of and then you say, well, God, no, I've become so fascinated by your story. I, I have availability. I have a room. So what you're Absolutely. doing in a way is you are you're bartering. Listen, I'll give you a meal for the night. And it's just, as you said, just a brilliant way. And also, as you turn around and say, you're showing people um, through your stories that there's a different way to live. You know, yeah. they're saying, well, I, I, I'd love to do that. Or it's something I've always dreamed of. And you're showing by your example. You know, obviously you're doing it to, to raise funds and you're raising it, raise awareness about mental health, but mm -hmm. your purpose on this is two or three fold. 
So there are different levels as to what yes. you're doing. I'm, no. I'm, I'm hopefully proving that we can trust. I'm trusting whoever is helping me and they are trusting a stranger. What more could you have than that? That is beautiful. And if I can show that time and time again, I'm going to be a happy lady. Because that's about the mental health. That's yeah. about conquering the fear. And it's the bartering. And it's all of those lovely methods that we used to use to get by that are missing. Everything is so cold now. Everything is so um, diverted from each other, reflected, not not connected. And that, you know, that is what I'm trying to um, show to a degree by yeah. doing yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. My, I was talking with one of my other guests. He, um, such an inspiring story to viewers, but him and his wife sold up their all their possessions and bought an RV and they travel around the country. But I was talking to him about this idea. And I guess this goes, it's not even just in the UK, but it's across, and I guess worldwide, it's in America too, because that's where he is. Yeah. About how we've got away because he's interacting with all these small people through all these towns and he interacts with and he, finds interesting people with an interesting story much like I, i'm doing with you and he brings them on his podcast to share their story yeah just ordinary people and we were talking about this idea just exactly what you were saying that even for me and even for him who's a wee bit older how we've got away from this idea of we could trust our neighbors we knew our neighbors we would um not lock our doors we would go to our neighbors for a cup of sugar for some milk and he was saying the same thing too you know like yeah i remember doing that in my day and my mum doing it too and yeah. how we've got away from that we go and we do our jobs and we come home and we go into the house and we close the curtains and we have no interaction with people if we want from food we play. We sometimes we don't even know who our neighbor is yeah. we don't even know their name imagine a world like that yeah you don't even know your neighbor's name that's a shocker that's just insular so insular and that we need to get away from that we need to get away from that kind of um attitude to life so we are connected we are equal no one's better than the next guy we are in this experience together we're in the same Petri dish, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, experiencing the same thing. Let's we're make a bowl, it easier for each we're other. A big, <laughs> we're a big bowl of spaghetti hoops. Yes, yeah, yeah, we are, yeah. We're a great yeah. drony, aren't we? Yeah, you're you're so right. You're absolutely right. We need to we need to form connections. We need to get away from this idea of separation. And mm. um, even our food, you know, um, and it's so much I guess in the younger generation. We we want food, we phone up something and it's delivered to our door. We don't even have to go out now, you know, to get anything. Yeah. People drive around on bikes and all the rest of it and just come straight to our door. That's this idea of this food coming to your house. So it's yeah. even become less now where you need to venture out to buy a McDonald's or buy a Kentucky Fried chin, Chicken mm. or a Wendy's Burger or whatever the case may be. People, you know, we don't even have to go out. You know, so we have 
next day delivery, we have Amazon, which brings stuff directly to our house. We have time scales and that. We just look at our phone. Okay, well, they're going to be here between, you know, and it's, it's just becoming this world of thing, and we need to bring back that human contact. The yeah. idea of friendship is... is isolation is all aiming towards isolation, which is the one thing I do not want ever for us all to be sitting within these blocks isolating ourselves not going to the, the to the shop because it's inconvenient to stand in a queue with a basket for two minutes you know that isolation where you will never see what's going on outside you don't know what's going on then do you only what you are told then you believe what you are told and nothing else you can see how it's building up the layers all of this stuff is going together to create this place that we are supposed to be living in where there is control at the end of the day that's what it is we do not need that we are free spirited as much as the animals are in reality they only take and do what they need to survive you don't see you know a lion with a stack of whatever's in its larder do you you know Oh yes, I've got a few deer lined up there. Right, you know, I'm obviously king because you know I, I've got a cupboard full here and six wives over there. Now, you don't see that in nature. You see things like a squirrel who will hide nuts very late in the season because it knows that it needs to feed itself through the winter, and even then it forgets where it hides them. But, so yeah nature and wildlife and all of our creatures do what's necessary no more why have we become the only species that does more than is necessary because we only value ourselves through what we accumulate mm. that is yeah. our value now it doesn't matter how much you have i was talking about this with somebody else People are never happy with what they have. You can have a million pounds, dollars in the bank, and you still would not be happy. You're afraid of losing it. You're afraid of thinking, I need to get more, I need to get more. When you look at some of these people who have billions, you go, why don't you retire? Why don't you, how much more do you need? Why do you keep coming on? Because I think that, as you were talking about, the real happiness is not to be found in, in within materialism. Once you have gotten what you think is going to make you happy i've now got the car i've got the clothes i've got the jewelry i've got the designer handbag i've got the house why am i still not happy because it's your soul that's calling you it's calling for something greater it's calling for this return to harmony within the natural world without to be at peace with our world and this is why because we are part of it that's the thing so we can we can surround ourselves with the physical we can wear the physical but we're still not part of it then because that part of the spirit needs to just observe and be with to be part of it suddenly i become the sofa and now i become the house that i'm sit stand sitting in you know and i become the lovely sunflowers over here look you know and i become the feeling that I'm having when I'm sitting here. It's not, none of it's mine, but it's comfortable. I can feel it and appreciate it. And all of that is 
making me bigger than I am and mm -hmm. comfortable and full. So I feel really solid rather than empty and still searching and grabbing and clawing, you know, at trying to find my value. My value is in everything. That's yeah. it. Beautifully but, said. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to say to you there is that, you know, what you're doing by undertaking this journey, you and Brad, I should say, and, and meeting up with people and having this trust is that you're showing that the world in which our media portrays, and this is a large part of why we come in and close our doors and lock, you know, everything, because it's a dangerous, scary world out there. And if you go out, you're going to get raped or knocked down or mugged. You know, there's two people who, on their bikes, a few meager possessions, and not once have you been mugged, not once have you been accosted, not once have you been swindled. It no. shows that the people, by and large, are good, are uh, giving, are loving at the end of the yes. day, and it's maybe just a small minority, and it's a small minority that our media shows us. It doesn't show us all of the good in the world, or if it does, it's one singular half news item at the very end of the broadcast yes absolutely. you're showing um, a different way of life you're showing that humanity is good at its core yes it is and when you view it that way it becomes even more trustworthy comfortable kind because that's now what you see the life of fearfulness is what you will see if you believe the world to be fearful. It becomes what you say it is. That is the key. That is the key to it. Brilliant. Tell yeah. us about some of your, your, your memorable um, things, because I know you've had a break in it, and I know that you're keen to write about your experiences. I'm really looking forward to that because what you're trying to do is get the essence of your journey across. We've talked about this before, your feelings and how you picture something in that particular moment so that whenever someone's reading your work, they're going to almost be in Julie's shoes as she lived in that moment. But yeah. tell us about just some of the, 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 the beauty that you've encountered, some of the amazing experiences, if you can you know, just to try and convey that through this, this, this medium? Well, we'll have a go at the bicycle. So um, before we attempted the huge Porlock Hill where Brad had to push my bike up and I blamed him for the whole journey, it was his fault that that hill was there. It was his fault that my bags were so heavy. It was his fault that I was tired. It was his fault that we were going the pace we were. So he did all of the poor lot blaming, I call it, poor lot blaming of poor Brad, who's obviously, it wasn't any of his fault at all. We were just moving forward. <laughs> Before we did that, we came into a place that was at the bottom of a hill. So we'd gone up hills, we'd been up on the Exmoor, and we were just about to start a downhill drop. And the drop, was six miles and it took us 20 minutes to get down that drop which was an amazing speed we started off with the cloud 
that was causing my glasses to steam. I couldn't see, and I was saying to Brad, I need uh, windscreen wipers on these glasses, you know, and I'm holding on to my bike, I've got gear in the back, and Brad's ahead of me, and I can see him speeding down, and I can see him starting to take the centre of the road because we're going off to a bend, we're speeding up the whole time, and no one is going to touch the brakes because we know that this is the time for energy to be just passed to us like a gift. So going down this hill and my eyes and the sun starts coming out. We ended up going into like the wooded area and it's winding round again and we're picking up speed. We're doing 21 miles an hour on a bicycle. Oh my God, with all our stuff on the back. And it's, wow, this is amazing. The road is so good. Thank goodness there's no potholes. We go wee all the way down into this village. And that was astounding. The feel of the wind in your face. The fact that the, the cloud had lifted and I could see again. Woo! And the force, the force of nature, the force was going down that hill and you could feel it. It was just, just like being a kid again. That was amazing. It was that freedom for sure. You could feel it in your face. You could feel it as you were sitting, not having to pedal. And if you did, by mistake, pedal too early on that downhill, your feet would just go round and round and round. And go, oh, no, 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 it's not, not going to be taking the gear. It's, you just have to go with the flow. And it was astounding. 21 mile an hour, downhill, into the sun, heading to the coast, after coming right the way across Britain. It wow. was amazing yeah you really do have a way with words you really get that excitement up and really let us feel how, how it must have been you know and that exhilaration and that excitement absolutely that is such an, an amazing explanation of what, what must have been an incredible experience and something that most people um outside of someone who potentially cycles um, or does something like that will not experience because they, you know, they've taken that out of their lives, I guess. You know, that kind of fun, that that adventure that, that you have, that was an adventure that you had, it was an experience that you had. Just absolutely amazing. The reason I want to share it is because sometimes in our lifespan, we're not able to have that experience. I want to provide that for someone mm -hmm who is unable for whatever reason to experience that. I want them to, I want to sit them on the bike handles. They can come down that hill with me when they read the words. That that, is, I, I never thought of that before. Yeah, that's fantastic. Someone who is physically impaired. Yeah. Someone who, um, I was going to say blind, but yeah, maybe because they're, yes, they're blind because and they're, they're the other. Yeah. You can someone feel who, the rush and you can feel yeah, the pressure. I guess that just covers someone who is physically impaired or for whatever reason cannot feel that. Someone who has spent most of their life in, in the same uh, block, you know, the same kind of neighborhood who have never had access to a bicycle or yes. don't live anywhere near somewhere like that there, then you really are giving that person the chance to use their imagination to put themselves into that experience that yeah that's fantastic that is brilliant and i guess it's then just 
after this journey of sitting down and collecting them are you journaling this at the time you are once you yeah we have done we've had a break from journaling um uh, as we came back i did write up about how i felt when i was on the bus seeing the places that we've been through and saying i remember that bus stop in wellington when it was absolutely pouring down the rain and and i said i'll never see you again ha 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 i did see that bus stop again you know so never say never and the other thing is when we were coming back down this way again um we started again journaling from the house as a start point here for our journey and uh, i said to brad do you know it's raining when we were in wellington why didn't we connect why didn't we click that wellingtons when do you need <laughs> yes of course it was gonna rain when we were in wellington it had to be wet <laughs> Otherwise, Wellington has no use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I absolutely love it. And you know, on your website, you know, for anyone who's been following you on your website, for anyone who don't want to follow you for the rest of your journey, they can go on and they can see your little posts and some pictures and stuff like that of what you've been up to and any experiences that you've had during the day, as much yeah. as you're able. Because they know yeah. that there's yeah. obviously there's times there where you're out of contact. You know that you're yes. out of Wi-Fi contact or out of signal contact. Yeah. Well, who um, came up with the idea do, of that? We do try to put something on every day. Um, Brad's tried to do four posts a day, but you can go back a week, can't you, Brad? You can go back to the very beginning and follow us mm -hmm. from the first day on that website. So you know, if you've caught us halfway, please do. Go back to the beginning on that calendar and check out how we felt at that time and what happened. Because that is brilliant. It's great it's, to look at, it's even the for journey. us. It's as we were saying, it's the journey, isn't it? Yes. So that goes from the first May. Brad's just like you and me, I can lose a couple of signals here to be able to give you the right information. The first of May is the first post. The first that, of May, then. Yeah. Yes, exactly. In the morning yeah. in that abbey ruin yeah Brilliant. absolutely amazing and i seen on the website i was going this is going into like 2023 you see on the website have you more journeys planned ah see someone who's very astute there yeah yeah um we will endeavor to do more spread the love i say Brilliant. who knows which ley line we will follow next because we're following that positivity the energy that comes from that ley line it is a flint line it's the dragon path and it has been logged on the old glastonbury tour as the dragon path and we've received a lot of positivity people tend to exude that it's um, a flint line which is a resonator for energies and then you go a little further along and then you get to the uh, aquifers underneath uh, Avebury which are again energy mm. so it is good to, to do a discovery about that as well 
you know you know there's lots of things to look at and talk about and i'm quite open and happy for people to ask questions or even give me ideas you know what do you want me to check out on this journey for you that to me lovely yeah that's really interesting i guess you know when we when we talk about because a lot of people aren't going to be aware of 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 the these ley lines and the energies they provide and it's a way of reintroducing people to ancient energies and things that they completely are oblivious to in modern life and modern modern societies and i think of this is why we feel a lot of energies and why we think because we're close to these ley lines and we're close to these points of power yeah and obviously as you know i've talked about some of this too and they're they really are fascinating and to to read about them to understand them and to actually re-get in touch with those old practices and for me they stem way back from our ancient civilizations which were very knowledgeable about these things yes Uh, we've we've got away from that we've got away from at the end of the day that's part of our, our brain function that we seem to have left with mm-hmm. our ancestors, I find, because we have now filled it with this new stuff that's clogging up that brain. That's part of, you know, undoing it is traveling that line and seeing things how an ancestor may have seen it and investigating, being curious about it is a lovely thing. That's, that's, the quality from my childhood that I'd really like to bring to the fore is that curiosity that I do not know everything. There's so much that is unknown and discoverable. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very much like you, very drawn to ancient monuments and places that I thought, you know, were special in some way. And, you know, I could just feel the magic there and stuff like that. So I've always been into that too. I've always found that fascinating. And there is so much that you know, within the British Isles, that for such a small, um, such a small, two tiny small islands, they are just littered, littered yeah. with ancient monuments and pagan sites and Neolithic sites. That is absolutely uh, dazzling. We have a well, me and my wife, we always kind of have this joke here in Ireland because, especially in the south of Ireland. Uh, you know they, they'll slap a brown sign which is a tourist sign on any old rocker <laughs> you yeah. know, any old couple at the end of the day yeah. You know, seriously yeah you're right there i've seen a few we've got a bit on pubs and stuff now that have been built in 1986. oh for <laughs> it, it really is it's terrible but you know in a way it's brilliant because as i said it, it really does bring back our ancient heritage and it's really showing us how our ancient ancestors live and really bringing all of these these things to life we're actually planning to we didn't get to do it down to oh my god i've completely forgotten it there's an ancient neolithic site in the republic of ireland and i've completely forgotten it now it's it's older than stonehenge it's actually older than stonehenge um <laughs> i forgot it brad do you know where that might be older than stonehenge is it southern ireland newgrange 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 Yes. Yeah, he says he knows what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so we, we have intention, like you said, 2023. If you look at the global ley lines, because they are global, there's an infinite amount of places to go. 
experience. Yeah, and Ireland is also uh, a beautiful. Um, it's on a beautiful pilgrimage and on a, on a beautiful ley line as well. It runs straight yeah. across. So these ley lines connect throughout the world, and my understanding and my knowledge is they always intersected. And on them intersections are like nodes, like, right. like nodes of power. And what you'll find is that's where some of the most ancient um, and misunderstood structures were. All these yeah. global pyramids, all of these fascinating ancient things. And whenever we were in Peru a number of years ago, yeah, um, we had the chance to visit Machu Picchu, which is yet another ancient site. Unfortunately, by that stage, I was almost dead after spending three days near dead in the hospital. So my hiking poles ended up becoming walking sticks and I hobbled around Machu Picchu. But even in that state, when and even though it was so, so many people that you could not have that peace to really you know, take it in, um, we were with a tour guide, even in that kind of scene, and she was taking us, and this is where the priest would have lived, and this is where the king and stuff would have lived. And once she got to the point where she said, and this is where the high priest would have lived, who would have performed the ceremonies and magic, something rippled in me. Something rippled in me. And um, we were about to move on, and I took the time to look around this amazing scene over Machu Picchu, situated high up in the mountains and surrounded by these mountains. And I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes and I opened myself to the energy and I got this rush of energy in me and I got this message to say, this is a place of power. And that's, yeah, yeah it sparked my interest. And there I was like, oh, okay, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, like you said, the, the, um, we're following the Beltane Line, which has been renamed the St. Michael's Line, and it interlocks with the St. Mary's Line. So where to inter... Uh, interlace those are the nodes and some of the nodes that we've been to are Glastonbury, Avebury, uh, the Barrow Mum and then the Cheese Ring we've got some more to go I think we've got four of those nodes left on this journey now that we are finishing and um, there is some kind of power to that there is a peace to be found there and the thing is, is some of these sites have been built on by churches. Because mm. originally they were places of um, notice. They were monumental to the people around for whatever reason that was. Um, a lot of them are on hills and things. Yeah. They're like beacons. Um, what is it? Don't. Don, Don, oh, get the word out. Donalds or Donmels, I think, is the word, something along them lines, yeah. But yeah, so they were rebuilt. You know, these churches were built on mm -hmm. top because they are conquering the energy line, which is the dragon line, which is why you get the windows in the churches of St. Michael, St. Margaret, St. Mary, all conquering the dragon, the dragon, which is that energy line. Just exactly what I was it you I was talking to you about the idea of how it, I don't know if it was you, Julie, 
but obviously you'll be aware of the idea of the patron saint in the Christian faith is St. Patrick. And St. Patrick is famous in Ireland for driving out the snake of Ireland. Ireland has never had any snakes. I don't know if it was you I was talking to. It, it probably wasn't, but the snake is actually the Kundalini, the pagan part. This is what he was driving out. It wasn't any real snake. It was the driving out of the pagan practices, the worship of the snake, the dragon, the serpent, the serpent energy. But a lot of people think, oh, we found out all of these snakes. It's nothing to do with that. It was the ridding of the of the old pagan uh, ways, the old pagan powers, I guess. I can kind yeah. of understand that, that for a minute. It was very... Uh, 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 yeah. this, Distorted. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, look, I'm going to leave you with that because it's been a beautiful um, conversation. And I'll put all the links in. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, we lost Julie and the signal dropped there. We're both having issues with our signal here. Um, and unfortunately, where Julie is, the phone signal and the Wi Fi signal is very, very poor. And as you see, she's She's kind of using her phone because they um, are living a very, very simple life and are encumbered by possessions. And so, unfortunately, I had to leave the interview there. But as I said, I'll leave all the notes in the um, in the description. And please, if you're really interested and really enjoyed listening to Julie, please consider going on to their website and following them and following their journey and. Reading all the previous adventures that they had had, you can read them on the, the calendar that they'd had from the 1st of May. Please consider making a donation to the charity Mind through either their fundraiser or directly. Um, it would be probably better if you'd done it through the fundraiser because then they know how much money that they've raised and it helps them reach their target. And again, what they're undertaking this for, they're cycling across the Ballantine Line from one point in England to another on old pedal bikes with no accommodation other than what they have with them on their pedal bikes or if they're fortunate enough to to meet people who become interested enough to put them up for the night and then feed them and um, but as i said it's been just really wonderful having julie on as a guest and um, she's such a bubbly lively carefree character that um i just had to have her on and, and get her to share her story but at some point, hopefully we'll, we'll get Julie on again once her and Brad have maybe finished the journey or perhaps maybe I'll, uh, I'll share a talk and maybe an interview that I, that I get to chat with her through, through Wisdom, uh, which will be audio only, um, just about how well or how far that they're getting on with the journey. Um, but that's it for now. Thanks, people. Bye. Mm -hmm.